your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 522 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in what is today the heart of enemy territory in downtown Winnipeg alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains as we mentioned a Sens game day and not only that but a Sens debut for Travis Hamanick. And a milestone game for Hamanick is 700 so there's a good veteran defenseman being added to the back end and Belleville Senators come off with a huge win, not in regulation like I hoped, but a huge win in the shootout up against Laval. We'll tell you who got the winner. A big game for Belleville, a good game tonight for Ottawa, but a do-or-die game for the Nodak Sens. We'll tell you what's going on in the NCAA tournament and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Thursday, March 24th in Pilsy. Debut with the new team, milestone game in his hometown. No pressure, Travis Hamanick. I mean, the Sens are rolling out the red carpet for him, it looks like here. And it looks like from what DJ Smith has said, Hamanick will take Michael Delzato's spot on that third pair with Victor Mete. So we'll see how that turns out. I mean, that's an interesting spot for him to start, but I think kind of like Joseph you're going to start him in a lower role to see how he does and get him acclimated and then see maybe if he can move him up because it's my impression Ross that the Senators have Travis Hamannick pegged as a top four guy and it certainly seems like they paid the price and are willing to pay the cap and signing bonus that would make him worth being a top four guy yeah we're going to get into expectations a little bit more but you said it he's playing the right side on the third pair that's where MDZ was in his return to Ottawa's lineup however he was all over the ice when it killed compared to the other defensemen and players. It was a real stinker against the Islanders. Can't sugarcoat that. But he said he hasn't decided. As we're recording here just after noon central time, the time zone where we'll have tonight's game, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you're watching tonight on TSN. But Pilsy, the Mete MDZ, like it has to be MDZ in the lineup if I'm the head coach and you're saying best players play. Like, he was one of their only bright spots against the Islanders. Yeah, but so does that mean you think DJ Smith would take Zaitsev out of the lineup? No, Mete. It's one of Mete or or Delzato. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's going to be Delzato. We don't want it to be, but I think that's how it's going to look here. Um, Although, why why play Mete at this point when you're not showcasing him for a trade anymore? And you're probably not going to re-sign him. So, I would rather MDZ and Hamannick. We'll get to the Jets, too. They're a big physical team, and not that Delzato gives you that much more, but I think you already have Branstrom in the lineup, and you know that there's a lot of similarities between him and Mete in terms of stature. I'd want to get MDZ and get a little extra experience because if he's in, he's the only guy in the lineup who has more games than Travis Hamanick in tonight. So, Travis Hamanick, expectations for tonight. Like, What do you want to see? A nice, simple game, or are you looking for anything in, in specific? 
Well, we've been told he's going to be a good shutdown guy, right? So let's see how he does in his own end defensively. Let's make sure he's not getting targeted uh, for dump and chases and he's able to corral the puck and make a good first pass out there. And if he is with Mete or uh, Michael Delzato, I mean, Michael Delzato was supposed to be a shutdown guy for the Sens too, but we've seen his offense light up in Belleville. So Maybe it's a yin and yang if he does play with MDZ that uh, he can help Delzato be the offensive guy and he can kind of take care of the responsibilities in his own end and let Delzato join the rush and things like that. So uh, overall, what I want to see from Hamannick is don't make any glaring errors. Like not due to any of his fault of his own. There's a lot of eyes on Hamannick and being like, all right, why did the Sens pay this price for this player at this time? Make sure there's not glaring mistakes where it's like, oh man, the Sens messed this one up again. Just have a good, simple game where even if it's a game where it's like, hey, I didn't really notice him, I think for him, that'd be all right. Yeah, it's not that he's an offensive defenseman or ever really has been. He had a couple of good seasons on the island where you expected like 30, 35 points every year. And we already talked about how Calgary paid a first and two seconds to get him at the 2017 deadline or draft, whenever it was. Maybe it was an offseason trade, but This guy, he's got a pedigree around the league as being a a capable shutdown defenseman. But that's a reputation that's waned over the last three years, I would say, is probably the time span we're looking at where he hasn't been the defenseman that he had gained that reputation for. So for me, it's just simple plays. I want to see, I don't want to see the off the glass and out like Zaitsev does. If you're paying a guy $3 million, it should be on the forward stick with speed out of the zone. And we'll get to how the Sens have kind of handcuffed themselves with, speed up front and how they could maybe accelerate that a little bit more but with Travis Hamanick we know tonight it'll likely be either Delzato or Mete whoever's in the lineup and again I'm gonna have some questions if it's not Delzato based on the best players play but let's live in a world where Sanderson's healthy and signed let's live in a world where Shabbat is healthy let's say that magical situation happens for the last five games of this season which is unlikely but if it does, who would be your ultimate partner for Travis Hamannick? So my top pair would be Shabbat Zub. Yep. Second pair, oh, I kind of want to get Sanderson with Zub though. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go. Let's go. Shabbat Hamannick. I mean, okay. Hamannick. He's he's touted. He could play with Quinn Hughes. There's nothing to lose this season. Get him with Thomas Shabbat. See if he can handle that. Second pair, Sanderson-Zub. And then final pair, Holden-Branny. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And Branny on the right side where we've seen him excel in the past. For me, and I'm going to be boots on the ground. I want to be impressed. People are saying that we're negative. We're not giving him a chance. I'm going to be eyes glued to Travis Hamannick, number 23. Glued on player. Yeah, glued on player. Stay tuned for locked on player. I'm going to go a different direction because I can't take the low-hanging fruit two games in a row. I took Matthew Joseph on Tuesday. Low-hanging fruit is still nutritious, man. It's still good stuff. It certainly is. um, But that to say, I, I hope that he makes an impact. And let's put it this way. If a player gets hit as hard as Joseph got hit in the last game, Travis Hamnick better have the eject button ready on his gloves. Yeah, I I don't mind that. Did you all. see that he fought Brady Kachuk last year? Yeah. How did, how did that fight go? I didn't watch it, though. Shout out Everyday Sends uh, for posting. The clip was just perfect because the audio was, we're five minutes into the game and Shabbat's played three and a half. 
<laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a Senators game. Uh, but it was, it wasn't like a, a Scott Lawton situation. I was a bit worried it would be where you're like, oh my God, you brought in a guy who hates Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Brady absolutely steamrolled a Vancouver forward in the neutral zone and Hamnick stood up for his teammates. So I respect that. And I hope that we get that toughness, that grit. He's going to be playing in front of a lot of friends and family tonight, being in Winnipeg where he grew up. And I'm just, I'm excited to give him a chance. And if his debut is anything like Matthew Joseph's debut yep. that we saw on Tuesday, I think Sens fans can start to see a bit of the ray of sunshine behind the clouds right now. That's, I mean, their judgment isn't wrong based on what we're hearing from the team he came from, but we've seen situations where players take off in different roles and maybe it just wasn't a good fit there. So I, I'm excited to see it give a chance. I, I have my doubts, but I also have a little bit of excitement to see where it can go because if he can pan out, the right side on defense certainly needed an upgrade. So hopefully if he's better than Josh Brown, I'll be happy tonight. Yeah, exactly. And if it ends up being a scenario where the coaching staff says, hey, look, I realize we're trying to get out of Zaitsev's contract, but I need a right-hand veteran guy and Hamnick replaces Zaitsev, then I, I think every everyone's going to be happy about that, at least Sens fans. Not only is it a less lesser contract, less money, less term, uh, and hopefully better player. But I think Hamannick, that's the thing. Like everyone can, you can say what you want. You can read the reports. You can uh, make your own opinion ab about him as a person or as a player. But until he plays at least, at least one game with the Sens, we need to at least give him the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, so let's do that. Travis Hamannick debut tonight, wearing number 23, starting yeah. on the third pair. I will be shocked if he is not on the penalty kill as well as that's kind of the role that I depict him at we'll have a full preview later on we'll pull up the graphics with the lineup both for the Ottawa Senators and Winnipeg Jets of course I got a little insight to the Jets being in Winnipeg as well we'll touch on all of that we've got another card giveaway too so check out at send central on Twitter this is a good one for all you card lovers out there and shout out at fighting Stutzla Dylan for supplying yep. the cards for us. It's a Chris Neal autograph card. So if oh. you want a chance to win that, you can go and retweet, make sure you're following all the right accounts and you're subscribed on locked on senators, YouTube page, and you could be the winner of a Chris Neal autograph card. Still lots of great giveaways to come throughout the rest of the season. We want to keep the fan base as engaged as possible, despite the record, not going Ottawa's, way as they have two wins in the last 10 games as of right now we also want to touch on the fact that we will be in ottawa for the last saturday game pilsy looking forward to that and are, are we doing a meetup or what what stage are we at absolutely well we were at the gauge interest stage and thanks for everyone on Twitter who uh, tweeted at Sense Central or replied to the tweet saying, hell yeah, I'm in, when and where. Like, I, I was blown away with the immediate, like, yep, tell us the details. So now that we have interest and we kind of gauge how many people are, are down for this, we're now into phase two, the planning stage. So if you guys have suggestions of uh, bars or restaurants you or establishments you know that could house that kind of meetup like where we could rent a back room or something and everyone can get get in and we can all uh eat eat wings and drink some beers and then head on over to the game 
that would be perfect. If you guys have ideas of fun things we can do to make the meetup better, uh, we also have just a little bit of a tease. We're in the uh, original stage of our merch, maybe some merch coming out. So uh, be aware of that. If you have ideas about merch, let us know. We just want to hear your ideas and uh, make this event as fun as possible for all of us because Ross just said it. This team has won two games in forever. Let's just all have fun together, meeting up. And then the plan is we're all going to get tickets in the same section. So book that day off work. Book the next day off. You might need a morning to recover. But make sure you're available for April 23rd up against the Habs because that is final. That is the date we've chosen. And uh, we're going to keep you guys updated on how this goes. I sold the sentence short. They have three wins in their last 10 games. But they also have three wins in their last 13 games. And they scored 28 (laughs) goals and allowed 48 so they've got a minus 20 goal differential i'm i'm banking on a big one tonight and later on in the show i want you to help pick which jersey i rock for the game you're going to shoot us a note in the comments whichever one gets the most likes will win and i'll rock that to the i almost got the mts center to the canada life center tonight for the game boots on the ground i know nick anderson i know chris stamers you guys are going to be at the game tonight shoot me a note we'll have a beer at intermission looking forward to that and appreciate it too we're the show by fans for fans so exactly what Pillsy said goes and another reason why we can bring you this show free and available monday through friday is great sponsors like betonline.net betonline.net is the best spot for all the latest odds totals player performance props and they even have fun props too like where the next fired coach is going to land you have to check it out right now at betonline.net it's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs it remains the best spot as well for your sports scores, podcasts, and news throughout the entire season. They've got college hoops. They've got hockey. They've got pro hoops, of course, boxing, UFC. Everything you need to wager on is right there. The Sens are five straight wins when I'm in the building, so you know I'm hammering the Sens money line tonight. So head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device as well to learn more about the trends and action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. So you mentioned Belleville. We'll touch on them, North Dakota, both in a moment. But Elliot Freeman, his 32 thoughts, Woo! which is always must-read material when it comes out after the deadline where he's getting scoops of yep. what almost happened, what could happen in the summer. Let's start with what almost happened. And it sounds like Colin White was nearly a Montreal Canadian. Huh? Yeah, well, as Elliot points out, the connection is there. Kent Hughes was his agent that got him this contract with the Ottawa Senators. So if I, it's so interesting having an agent be a GM now because yeah. now all those things he was pushing for as an agent, telling GMs like, oh, that's, that's not leverage. You can't use that. That's not going to bring this contract down. Well, now he's got to be on the GM side of that. So I think that's going to be very interesting. But he's someone that knows Colin White personally. He knows all the nitty gritties of his stats. Uh, He would have used those in negotiations for sure. And I'm sure he believes that Colin White has a lot of potential left. So that's someone that he targeted for his team. And what this trade would be would be so interesting to me, Ross, because how could the Montreal Canadiens give the Senators a better way out of this contract than the buyout option? Because the buyout option is very attractive at just one third of the cost instead of normally, uh, I I believe it's two thirds, right? Yeah. So half the cost and you're only, I think it's six years left at like, it would be six extra years at 800,000 cap hit if you bought them out. So, 
sure, it's six years long, but that's so minimal. Like that, that's an entry-level contract on your team every year and you're out from the white contract. So I really am interested to, to hear, I don't think we'll ever hear it, but what would have been on the table to bring Colin White to Montreal, what Montreal would have offered. Yes, well, Elliot Friedman says it might be revisited in the summer, but yeah. for now, Colin White's the number one right winger Colin on White this White is team. here, as Dorian it, said. It, yeah, that was not a ringing endorsement. He's here. He's here. He's here. And he'll play. Okay, Pierre. All right. So he's not even golfing with Pierre. He's he's golfing with... <laughs> he's the caddy. <laughs> he's golfing with Jack Capuano. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so that was the, I don't want to say bad news, but kind of surprising news. I was surprised, yes. How about this little trail of, of cookie mix? Now, it was about as innocuous as Elliot Freeman could have said, but he does believe... It's literally one sentence. <laughs> Claude Giroux is doing his research. On Ottawa. So if you're listening to this, Claude, we would really appreciate if you came home after this playoff run that we hope we wish all the best for you. But come home, buddy. Bring G home. Just come home. Yeah. Um, Ross, I want to pose this question to you. So he's with the Florida Panthers now, the only team he was going to accept a trade to. Yeah. Obviously loves what they got going down there. I mean, if you're living in Florida playing hockey, it's sweet if you're on a contending team. I'm of the mind, I want the Florida Panthers to win the Cup so badly now because let's get Claude Giroux his Cup ring. Now he can say, okay, I got my Cup ring. Now I can just go to the Sens. I don't have to have that pressure of being like, oh, I need a Stanley Cup before I retire. He's got it. So that pressure's gone. And now he can be like, I'll be a good mentor for these kids. I'll help them get into the playoffs. I think if you act like Claude Giroux, for me, honestly, is my number one target this year, even before a top defenseman. or Even before Kevin Fiala, who I know you're super high on? Yep, before Kevin Fiala, 100%. There's no player available or that's going to be available that I want more than Claude Giroux because he fits so many of the things I'm looking for. Veteran guy, a guy that can play the wing, but also take face-offs. So let's say Timmy's not quite at a level where he's comfortable being the face-off guy. Put him on a line with Giroux. Giroux takes the draws for him if, if need be, right? Um, he's a hometown guy. He's someone that would want to be there. He's someone that has a lot of playoff experience and he's someone that's still got gas in the tank. Like this guy's still putting up big points. Like it's not like he's just a big name that was good three years ago. He's still a major player. So I think it would be absolutely amazing. I think we look great in a Sens jersey. So hopefully Florida wins a cup. He's satisfied and he says, all right, I'm going to bring it home now. Shout out to our friends at betonline.net. They have the Florida Panthers with the second best odds of winning the Stanley Cup behind. Who do you think's first? Tampa. No, Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can get Tampa plus 900. That might be a fatigue thing where they're like, how can they really do three full runs? And you know what else is? It's going to be dog eat dog in the Atlantic Division. True. Maybe that's why Colorado is first. Whereas, I mean, Florida six fifty. That they have them as the favorite in the in the Eastern Conference right now. So there's there's good um, thought process to that. Claude Giroux with his second highest goals per game in his career at 34 years old. This is not like bringing in a 35 year old Alexei Kovalev on a three year deal. This guy and the way he plays, he's so smart. His hockey IQ is his number one attribute. That doesn't go as fast as a fast skater or a guy who just has a rifle of a shot because they can get to those open areas. Like Claude Giroux, I would have no problem at 34 years old this summer giving him a three-year term. 
No problem at all. Honestly, Ross, I would if he wanted, I would give him that fourth year knowing you're getting bent over for that fourth year. Like if yeah. that's what if that's what it costs you to lock him down, I would do that because even if his play declines, which it probably will in those years. The third or fourth, maybe. But like yeah. man, he's so good. Like you don't even have to watch him for long. You know he has the and again, this is the past, but that's what you have to base his future off of. Only three players in the NHL. From 2010 to 2020, had more points than Claude Giroux. Damn. Yeah, I'm actually going to find out who they are, but I read that stat, and I guess I believe it. But um, While you're doing that, I'll just yep. I'll just further emphasize, like even if his play kind of declines, which it's expected to, his mentorship and his experience off the ice, like just being a guy to have in this locker room, for guys like Brady, Thomas Chabot, they're in their early 20s, and they're the top leaders on this team. They haven't sniffed the playoffs. Like yeah. it's they need someone that they can rely on that can mold this group and help give them that veteran experience that sure they brought in guys like um Hamannick, like Holden. Those are veteran guys, but not at the same stature and not guys that are contributing to this team like Claude Giroux would. So I, I I'm all in on Claude Giroux. That's got to be the number one target. If he's interested, you got to roll out the red carpet. You got to do everything in your power to have him interested in coming to Ottawa in the offseason. I just am putting it up on YouTube right now for anybody who's watching, and I am absolutely correct. This is uh, until today. So this isn't even just a 10 year span. This is from the start of the 2010 season until today. Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby. Alex Ovechkin, and then Claude Giroux. It's it's that good of a player. I don't know any fan who I, I can understand the thought process of being like, no, he's over the hill. He's 34. Yeah. Don't bring him in. Wrong. He would make the Senators so much better. And even just getting that little cookie trail, that little the little crumbs that I'm going to eat up all over the place, that's enough to get me excited. Now, what he learns in the research will be a different story. <laughs> But just the fact that the Senators are on Claude Giroux's radar yeah. should get fans excited about the Absolutely. future. Alfie's fired up about it. I don't know if you can hear him barking, but Pilsy, that would it would change the perception of the team around the league more than anything, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, whoa, Claude Giroux went because people did that even for Dadnoff. They're like, oh, Dadnoff picked Ottawa. Imagine like a player of Claude Giroux's standpoint. Honestly, and they, and a, another one way player... ticket from Florida to Ottawa, the Dadnoff. <laughs> Express. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, a player like Claude Giroux that has 31 teams begging him to look at them as an option, right? It's a, I think Dadnov was a highly touted free agent. And yeah, in at the time, you have to credit the Sens for uh, uh, tracking him down and convincing him to come to Ottawa. But Claude Giroux, like any team, would do whatever it takes to get him. No matter if you're rebuilding, contending, it doesn't matter. Like that's the kind of guy you want on your team. So automatically I, gets an A on his first day at the the office. Oh, a hundred percent. And I would even go so far, Ross, if they sign Claude Giroux, I'm okay with how they're set up forwards. They don't need to get anyone else, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they can make it work, and then you can start focusing on the decor and possibly goaltending. That's a whole other uh, issue. So Claude Giroux, let's go, baby, let's go. Yes, let's fire up the Claude Giroux hype train. It would also help a team who's near the bottom of the league in face-off percentage. He's one of the yes, best face-off men time. in the National Hockey League, has been for the better part of a decade. All right, wake up, Sens fans. The dream's over for now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, of course, keep pounding that drum until the day Claude Giroux signs with the Ottawa 
Senators. But the Belleville Sens were in action. They got a big two points. Jake Lucini is a shootout magician. He did the same move that he did when I was calling the game in Winnipeg, where he comes in, he weaves, but instead of going backhand upstairs, I guess he saw the goalie cheating because he just shot it and it went in. And then Igor does the same move that he did in Winnipeg, but the stick stays intact and he gets the shootout game winner. You give Laval a point, but Belleville gets an extra one. And then they jump right up. We said it every day, the AHL North standings, you got to have that as a favorite on your homepage. Cause if you blink, you see a big time Sparty shuffle. Yeah, honestly. And that, that's the thing. I was disappointed that uh, the, the senators couldn't keep them out of uh, shootout or regulation, but to get that win was huge. And shout out Steve uh, at Steve on sense. He was yes. at the game and has a video of that from a great vantage point. And that I'm jealous you got to have that moment because that was an epic win by Sokolov. Top cheese. What a legend. What a legend, yeah, Sokolov. And man, what a legend, Steve on Sens. We got to meet him at, uh, at the home open, home opener too. So yep. that was awesome. 29 saves on 30 shots for Mad Sogard. That's awesome to see. And it was a game that was tied at one going into the third period. Again, <laughs> dude, we got we got former Sens abroad and again, eh? Who got it? What do you mean? The goal for Laval, he's got two goals on the year. And the last, or sorry, the last time he was with Syracuse, he, he just moved, or no. No, he must have only two goals, only three games. Am I right? No. Who was it then? Is it, well, it's <laughs> Cedric Paquette. such a loop there. Oh, man. Cedric Paquette. I thought guy. he scored earlier. Gabriel Dumont scored earlier. I Gabriel get Dumont had a hattie with uh, the Syracuse crunch. That's what I was getting confused on because I yeah. saw Cedric Paquette and I was like, wait. Again, he does sound like a Laval guy, Dumal. He just got sent down. So Cedric Paquette gets the lone goal for Laval. Thanks for getting that untangled in my brain. But then (laughs) Clark Bishop gets the only goal for the Belleville Senators, Wedman and Sabrin with the assist. But at the end of the day, Matt Sogard gets a ton of credit for that victory, in my opinion. Made some great saves in overtime from the highlights. They're still in sixth place right now, Pilsy, but. The end of this week is going to be huge for them. And next up, it's Friday night against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton. You see, this was a big game, but then there's enormous games. And let's quickly touch, and we are going to get to a full preview of tonight's game. Ottawa, Winnipeg, follow at Send Central on Twitter. I'll have boots on the ground content for you tonight there. Lockedon.Senators on Instagram. Again, go retweet that Chris Neal card if you want to be a part of that giveaway. And give at Fighting Stutzla a follow as well. What an absolute beauty. But before we get to that, Nodak sends, baby. It's do or die. After last weekend, missing out on the NCHC tournament. Now it's the big thing. You know March Madness, but this is the underrated version of March Madness. It's North Dakota against Notre Dame tonight in the round of 16. Pilsy, if the, if North Dakota loses tonight, their season's over. And Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin, if, if for Tyler Clevin, guarantee for Jake Sanderson, they could be pro hockey players tomorrow so uh, am i reading this right are you cheering for a nodak loss no never okay okay no i want just the way you built that up kind of made it seem like that no no but it is something to keep in mind we are locked on senators although we are locked on fighting senators as well (laughs) i was gonna say but no that to say if if it's possible and i mean clevin's back he served his one game suspension in the loss so he didn't get to play in the next night but when it comes down to it I want them to make a run. I love I love how much their communities allowed us in as well. And and that Alex Heinert and Jake Brandt, Beauties. that game where they both had the the goal, the Nodak sends are loving it. That 
That's awesome. I'm cheering for them to win, but it is worth noting that if they lose, their season's over. Yeah, I'm I'm cheering for them to win too, uh, especially because Sanderson's not healthy right now, right? So if they lose, it's not like sweet. We're going to see Sanderson in the next Sens game. We'll know. We'll know. So you might as well keep that going, kick it down the can. Hopefully Sanderson gets healthy, they win, and he can play a little bit more for uh, for Nodak and then come because it's a foregone conclusion. He is going to turn pro after this. So. There's no rush really to get him here now. And uh, we, we want to, hey, Pierre Dorian likes winners. So let's get a couple more winners in the in the prospect pool here. Yeah, with Tyler Clevin, we've discussed this in the past. But from what you've seen, are you leaning towards him turning pro and developing further in the AHL or going back for his junior season at North Dakota? I would like for him to go back to North Dakota. I think uh, a third year at NODAC would do a lot of good for Tyler Clevin. He would get an S escalated elevated <laughs> elevated role there um he's got brad barry as his coach a defensive minded guy and as i've said before in if he goes to belleville lassie and jpd are still kind of there in those spots i think it'd be great if we get an opportunity where clevin stays and then one of those two i'm leaning more towards lassie graduates to the nhl level and then there's a little bit more opportunity and uh, experience there for tyler clevin to have the following year at belleville either either way it's good though either way it's good yeah i just don't want his offensive game that's starting to round out get hindered because he's just trying to survive at the nhl level or ahl even and play to his strengths and kind of forget about puck carrying and he still makes the odd bad decision when he's coming out of his own zone i think that that can get cleaned up with one more tour of duty in north dakota plus a trip to the ralph would be that much better if tyler clevin's still there we are doing that either way next year pilsy so that's north dakota tonight again that's a 7 p.m eastern start they're playing in albany new york and jake sanderson has traveled with the team but with a broken hand we expect him to be out for the next few weeks we'll get an update of that when we can all right let's get an update of the ottawa senators travis hamnick talking to the media right now and the video is seven and a half minutes so i don't know what those vancouver canucks reporters are are complaining about I, i mean he's giving you time of day if you ask me and I didn't realize he's missing like 12 jibs. He's got the Chris Neal smile and then some. So hard-nosed player. Let's see how he does tonight. Let's get a full preview coming up on Locked On Senators. All right, Pelzi. So the Ottawa Senators in action tonight against a red-hot Winnipeg Jets team, a team that is fighting for their playoff lives. They're only three points back now. And with Vegas in full freefall mode and now being all sorts of cap capped out too, Shout out daddy. daddy issues. Daddy issues for the Vegas Golden Knights. But um, that's opened the door for Winnipeg, who got off to a slow start. Even with their new coach, Dave Lowry, they still couldn't. They can't string wins together until now. Now they've got six wins in their last 10 games, points in seven of their last 10, points in nine of their last 12. So this is going to be a tough test for Ottawa. How do you think they can handle it? And what are your keys to victory against the Jets? Ross, I was looking at Winnipeg's team stats. That's usually where I go to try to find keys for victory, penalty kill, face-off, shots, all that kind of stuff. The Winnipeg Jets are middle of the pack in seemingly every single category. Like, they don't dominate at anything necessarily, and they're not terrible at anything necessarily. They're just... They're, they're right there. I feel like they, they go on hot stretches, then they go on cold stretches. Like you mentioned, they're hot right now. So it's going to be tough for the Senators to cool them down. And uh, for for me, my key to victory, and I think it's going to kind of steal your usual go-to, is, is start strong. Like, if you let this Winnipeg Jets team play their brand of hockey, 
in Winnipeg at home, you're in for a rough night because they have, as far as I'm concerned, three really good lines. And I would argue on paper, one of the best complete decors in the entire league. Like they just have all sorts of mixes. You got your offensive defensemen in uh, Pionk and Morrissey. Then you got the defensive guys and Dylan and Schmidt. Like there's such good pieces all around this team that they're going to be hard to beat. So if you let them come out guns a blazing first couple shifts and they get a quick goal. I don't know if you can catch up because this is a team that can just uh, absolutely take the sense to the ground talent wise. Yeah, I know. They, I mean, they battled through a tough first period the other night against Vegas and then just pulled away four nothing shutout win. And yeah. you got to worry about Hellebuck finding his game. But when you say quick strike offense, man, look no further than my lookout player, Kyle Connor, Whew. who is just an absolute goal scoring machine get this pilsy he went he went three games without a point if you can believe that in the middle of december since then in 34 games he has at least a point in 29 at least a point in 29 out of 34 games and he has 47 points total so quite a few multi-point games in there He's got uh, how many on the year? He's uh, is he hit 40? 79, if I remember correctly. He's got 39 goals. I think I'd bet the house he hits 40 tonight. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably pretty likely there. Um, yeah, and how about how about for a forward averaging 2150? They threw throw this guy out there every situation, and he's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, and he's reliable, that's for sure, as his consistency is there. And hey, you went with a guy that's absolutely hot right now, so I'm gonna go with probably. To a, a lesser extent of Kyle Connor, but not by much in Nikolai Ehlers. Like this guy is on an absolute tear. Five straight games with a goal, and he's gone six straight games with points, and he has nine points in those six games. So, like, this guy just gets it done. He's such a threat. I know you loved watching him when you were in Halifax when he played with the Moosehead. Talk, talk about a uh, point streak. He had a 35-game point streak with Halifax. <laughs> yeah. Like is the that kid, good? The kid is absolutely unreal. He's someone that uh, he's a, a fantasy hockey darling of mine. I make sure to get him every single year, and he never disappoints. So I, I'm always locked on or looking out for him, I should say. So he is my lookout player tonight. Let's get to the Winnipeg Jets lineup. Again, you can follow the Winnipeg Jets through our Locked On Jets podcast. All right, top line is Shifley, Ehlers, and Wheeler. And I want to touch on Shifley and Wheeler in a moment. And then second line is Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and Evgeny Svechnikov. The third line is Paul Stastny between, hey, I know that guy, Zach Sanford and Mason Appleton. And the fourth line is Dominic Toninato between Jansen Harkins and Adam Brooks. On defense, Morrissey DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Stanley and Schmidt, and the starting goaltender tonight is Connor Hellebuck. No, no backup goaltenders on uh, on outside of back-to-backs when, A, you're Connor Hellebuck, and throughout his whole career, this guy just plays, 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 but they're in a playoff race, and he's going to play every game that he can down the stretch. When you look at this team, you don't see potential playoff team, eh? Like, this is a, a legit roster. Oh, okay. I was like, I see more than a potential playoff team, but I see that's what you're saying now. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a a team, a city, that every year you look at them and they're like, man, they've got all the pieces, but they just can never seem to put it together. Mm -hmm. And Ross, I I know you're a big fan of uh, a warrior goalie playing all the time and back-to-back starts and stuff, but 
I'm starting to think that that may be a big reason why the Jets can't go far because Hellebuck is just absolutely gassed by the time they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say to an extent, man. Like when you look back though at his entire life, like when he played in um, in college, he goes in as a as a freshman and he starts 24 games out of 30 or out of 32. Then in his second year, he started 29 out of 32 games in college. Then this is what blew my mind. And I spoke with his AHL coach, Keith McCambridge, who, by the way, is an assistant coach at the Vancouver Giants, says Zach Ostomchuk is going to be sick. That being said, when I asked him about Connor Hellebuck being a first-year pro, if you had to guess, first-year pro goalie, 70 games in the AHL, how many games do you think Connor Hellebuck should or would have started? In the AHL? Yes, with the St. John's. Shout out all of our Newfoundland listeners. He was out there with the ice caps. Good old buys out east. Um, I think that's when he was kind of battling with Michael Hutchison, right? And they were both kind of the... It was him and Peter Budai. Oh, Budai. Okay. Uh, He had to play most of them. I'm going to say 62 games. 58. 58. 58 out of 72 games as a rookie AHL goalie and in the last seasons I mean they had the shortened season he played 45 out of 56 games in that shortened season and then 58 starts 63 and then get this the year where so this kind of goes against your point because the one year Winnipeg made it to the conference final against Vegas in the regular season he played in 67 of the 82 games okay but don't get it twisted I'm not saying he can't do that or he's not a goalie that excels at being like yeah that's my net and he won the version of that year yeah I'm not I'm not putting it against him I'm just saying at a certain point when you've got all these miles on you it compounds like all these years and years and years and years and eventually like he he needs to have some sort of support or he needs to be comfortable having that kind of support because goalies that go through what he's gone through they're it's it's tough so i i am interested to see if maybe that's something to look at adjusting in the upcoming years as he's getting older yeah i think that's uh that's extremely fair to say now the last notes i want to get to with winnipeg before we turn the page to the ottawa senators and look at their lineups for tonight and get our locked on player at the end of it is Mark Shifley, to me, is such an interesting case study because he's at a point per game. He's dominant offensively, but yet I'm looking at the lineup tonight and I'm saying that Josh Norris, if he gets that matchup, will take advantage. We know Josh Norris scores a lot of his goals on the road as well, but Mark Shifley, like how many guys do you see that are a point per game on a team where most of the guys are like between minus five and plus 10 pretty much all over the place? And he's a dash 16. Like, to me, and I always have to clarify, plus minus is a flawed stat, correct. But when everyone else on your team is a certain way and you are way worse or way better, then it starts to pop up some questions. And he's a fan favorite. You see number 55 jerseys all over the place. The first ever draft pick in franchise history. If you want to yeah. laugh, if you want to laugh, go look at his draft day photo because the Winnipeg Jets didn't have a logo yet. True. So he's, yes. he's wearing, he's wearing. No, they had a any- logo. They just couldn't release it yet. Okay, I'm and it sure. was, yeah. he wore an NHL black and white jersey. Just a fan of the league. <laughs> Just a fan of the league. He's the Rob Lowe of the NHL. Yeah. But that to say, like, does that concern you? If, if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, would you be like, hey, why is our number one center so far in the minuses when his left winger is is plus 23 better than him? 
Yeah, it's got to be concerning. And uh, to be honest, I, I haven't uh, really been focused on Shifley's game, so I can't really say how he's doing uh, defensively. But that's that's a telling stat, and it's it's got to show something when he's someone that's relied upon in big moments and other teams are able to score when he's on the ice like that. I'd be, I'd be interested to see what his course he is just because that's kind of a, a more fine tuned way of looking at uh, plus minus, but that's, it's interesting for sure, but they've got Pierre-Luc Dubois insurance. So like, if you feel like Mark Shifley can't quite uh, hold it down as number one guy, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a guy you can slate in there for sure. Yeah, I got some advanced stats. It's a 55.5% Corsi, so well above 500. Well, that's good, yeah. He, but he's also starting 67% of the time in the offensive zone. Yeah, okay, fair. So you can, But that's why they went out and got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's an unbelievable talent. We, we said we'd sell the farm to get this guy on our team when the trade initially rumors began. Um, but it's a natural fit for him here in Winnipeg. His dad's the assistant coach with the Manitoba Moose. So a little family affair there, but he is a hell of a player. And if I'm the Ottawa Senators, here's a question that'll perfectly transition into it. And it's not their choice. Uh, Winnipeg will have last change. But if you're DJ Smith, which line would you prefer to match up against Pierre-Luc Dubois? Would it be Kachuk Norris White or would it be Stutzla Formanton and Connor Brown? So Pierre-Luc Dubois is with Kyle Connor and Evgeny Svechnikov. I, I, I would put Stutzla's line uh, up against them just because I think Connor Brown can help uh, defensively try to hold off Kyle Connor. And uh, Formington can kind of go grittiness for grittiness up against Svechnikov. And yeah. then you hope that Stutzla can can try to match up, up against Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I'm at a point now where quit sheltering Timmy like give him the tough assignments who cares if they lose this game and he's getting beat every face off you gotta have those moments and you gotta work through those now's the time to give him the tough assignments so I'm all for that two reasons why I love what you just said one DJ Smith believes Tim Stutzla can be a part of the sentence PK throughout the rest of the year that'll be an interesting time last game yeah, and then Josh Norris as well. He had one shift last game. Let's see if he, he gets even more. Now, Josh Norris was getting a normal shift, but you know what else I love too? That leaves the Shifley matchup with Josh Norris, and we know that Brady Kachuk's fought the captain of the Winnipeg Jets before, yes, Blake yeah. Wheeler, and I feel like th- their heavy games can go head-to-head pretty well together. Exactly. So I think that the top six, that's how I'd like to see it play out. If you're watching on YouTube, you can already see we've got the rest of the lines called up. So let's just finish reading that off, and then I have another question for you. Our Locked On player, and we'll go from there. As it's a Senators game day recording a little bit later, because, of course, the Senators were on the ice later at morning skate on def- our sorry third line here we already said the top two third line is chris tierney between matthew joseph and adam godette the fourth line is dylan gambrell between tyler ennis and austin watson on defense branch from zub holden zaitsev and we talked at the start of the show either mete or michael delzato and travis hamanick in goal it's anton forsberg revenge game for Anton Forsberg, remember that? He was still wearing the Jets helmet, Jets pads yep. when he played against Winnipeg last year. I thought that was hilarious. But this guy has been an absolute stud for Ottawa. Let's hope that Anton Forsberg can have He has a revenge game every second game. This guy's been all over the place. But glad to see he's found a home in Ottawa for the next three years. My question to you, though, is up front. You score no goals against the Islanders. You don't really get much going offensively yet absolutely nothing changes to the forward lineup. Are you concerned by that? Or is it more of a, okay, let's start them like this and maybe throughout the game, make some adjustments. 
I mean, at the, do they have an f- extra forward right now? No. Other than mixing the lines, you can't. No, but that's what I'm saying. Out, so. I, I don't think that. But like Joseph was flying against yeah. the Islanders, and his two line mates couldn't keep up. So for me, a natural flip, even though he's not that talented offensively, but I think Gambrell's got better wheels, even Watson, even though he's got feet for hands as well, but his feet move fast. So why not have, and sure, maybe then all of a sudden you're calling Joseph on your fourth line, although I'd argue it's not, but why not have Joseph Gambrell Watson? At least get him with guys who can move the pocket and keep up with them because so many offensive chances, maybe not so many, maybe two or three, were, were thwarted because the puck was either in the skates of Joseph or the guy couldn't keep up on the rush. So I'm just a little disappointed in that. What I would like to see is um, get Brady, Norris, Connor Brown, okay. load up load up that top line. Then Formanton, Stutzla, Joseph. Then Tierney, White, Gaudet, and uh, Ennis, Gambrell, and Watson. I'm okay if they stay together. Get Joseph. Try him out on the line with the speedsters in Formington and Slitsa and get Colin. I think Colin White matches nicely with Tierney and Gaudet because he's a little bit more defensively responsible than those guys. He's not going to be flying by flying by them in the neutral zone with his speed. And he's also got some offensive touch that if they're in the right spot at the right time, he can feed them or vice versa. They can make something work. So that's how I would line things up. But uh, maybe DJ Smith is is still kind of easing Joseph in, in here and hasn't quite been confident enough to uh, throw him on a, a top six role or something. Pelzi, you're locked on player. My locked on player is is going to be Colin White. Uh, I think, especially after hearing rumors, he was almost traded to the excuse me Montreal Canadiens. He's get you don't get a better opportunity than the top line with Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris. So, can you make good of that? Whether it's to keep your job here in Ottawa or to help entice other people to trade you or just not get bought out, whatever kind of scenario you want to work on that should motivate him. He's put in a spot to exceed, succeed Sorry, right now. So I want to see him absolutely go for it, and I'm going to be locked on to Colin White. All right, well, I'm staying on, the, on that top line because Brady Kachuk's gone four straight games without a point and only has a point, or sorry, points because he had two in it, but only has points in one of his last six games. Two assists in that loss against Arizona on home ice, that one, not the 8-5 one in Arizona, but six games, minus six, 12 penalty minutes, Pilsy, and all of those penalty minutes have been minors. If he wants to get in a tilt tonight, sure, fire yourself up, do it in the first period if you're going to do it, but I've had enough of these minor penalties from Brady Kachuk. He, he just needs to clean that up because as Miss Levitan pointed out, they keep getting scored on when he's in the box, and that's not captain shit right there. So we need some yeah. real captain shit tonight. And hey, we don't talk about it, but it's a somewhat of a homecoming for Brady Kachuk. His mom's whole side of the family is from Winnipeg. His dad was the captain of the Winnipeg Jets in the early 90s. So you know that he, he said last year too, his grandparents were so upset they couldn't come to the games while he was here. I think we see a Brady Kachuk big performance tonight, including calling it right now, a Brady Kachuk goal. Love it, love it, Ross. And I'll transition to our final note of the day. Oh, uh, you, you gave me your locked on. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, Colin White. You've got a Brady Kachuk jersey and yeah, right a here. Walt Kachuk jersey. So, which jersey are we leaning towards rocking tonight for the game? Well, it's not going to be the Walt Kachuk. No, no, I know that. I did. That was just my tie-in here. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So there's the Brady Kachuk one. We'll stick with the black here. We got 
the old black Daniel Alfredson. So this one, as you can see at the bottom there, it's it's been worn to a few games. <laughs> we got the uh, the Alfie there with the A. That's and weird seeing the Alfie with the A. This That's one, so weird. this one I got for ten dollars at a thrift store at the heart of enemy territory in Toronto. We got the white Alfreds in there. I can't believe he was giving this away for ten dollars. Parley was with me. Shout out to all the OG listeners who remember Parley. Great guy still. Um, they had two jerseys, ten dollars each. The other one was the mustard Nashville Predators jersey, but I saw it in the window first, so I got the Sens one there. He so, bought the mustard one though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he, did. He, he wanted to get Chemo Teeman in or Scott Hartnell on the back of it or something. What I should have got David Leg one. I was, that's what I was gonna say. Yep. Sends abroad. So, what would your pick be? And then we'll we'll ask people on Twitter as well. I'll cut that little audio and we'll go from there. But what's your choice? I would go with the black Alfie just because the Alfie with the A, it's the the old new jersey. Yeah. Uh, it looks clean. And then, no, you can't disrespect an Alfredson jersey too. So that, that's what I would go with. Yeah, I I was a Shane Pinto in the lineup away from because, of course, North Dakota having such a big game tonight. I was thinking about maybe going with the North Dakota as well. But no, it's got to be a Sens one. And the white jersey's tough too because you know Winnipeg's known for their whiteouts. There's exactly. gonna be a lot of white in the crowd as well. So you wanna you wanna stand out a little bit. The black's clean and yeah, I'm I'm leaning Alfie as well. But if enough people tell me to go with the Brady one, I mean I called a goal for him tonight. So <laughs> yeah. there is that as well. Uh we'll let the listeners decide. We'll also remind everyone, April twenty third, we want to keep pounding away at that because we wanna make this a special event to cap off a year of thanks and gratitude for us for allowing us to be a part of your routine. Pilsy and I truly cannot thank you enough. The numbers are like, they're mind boggling, which is, is unreal to see. So um, Pilsy been a, been a great show, went a little long. And I think that there's a lot to get excited about tonight and final, tr- not trivia, but guess, Uh-oh. what do you think? And we'll talk about it on the postcast where you can join us on our YouTube channel. If it's a win, I'll probably just jump on right, leaving the rink, maybe in the Uber home. We'll figure it out that to say, how many minutes do you think Travis Hamannick plays tonight in his debut? Hmm. 17 and a half. 17 and a half? I'm going to say 19 and a half. I think Ooh. he gets, I think he gets, well, maybe if Brady stays out of the box, he'll get off the PK, but hey, we'll, uh, we'll see that. But I'm excited to see him again. Number 23, if you're just starting to, to wonder like, hey, where the hell is Travis Hamannick? Uh, he'll be out there wearing 23. Matthew Joseph, of course, wearing 21. And we're fired up because this was episode 522. We want to thank everyone for listening. Go follow the show on Twitter at Send Central, Instagram, LockedOn.Senators, YouTube at LockedOnSenators there. And for Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>